shout out to my parents. Their wedding anniversary is was when this streams. It'll have been yesterday. So this is going to air on the 28th. So it's on the 27th. Yeah. Oh, no. Sorry. They're you're gonna have to read. Oh, today! This, huh? It's today. <laughs> oh my Shit. god! You gotta, I gotta call, call your my dad. <laughs> well, happy anniversary, Danny's parents. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Can We Save the Cat, your weekly writer's room and entertainment podcast, where we take three random thoughts or ideas, pitch them, pick one, and over the course of about 30 to 45 minutes, develop it into the next big thing. This week, we are doing glow-up pitches. It's a new year, and so we are taking old pitches and re-pitching them into something new for the new year. As always, I am Brian Hayes, writer and actor. I'm Danny Hanks, writer and director. And I'm Andrew Brandt, award-winning novelist. Ooh, god dang. Every time, you just gotta throw in the award-winning. I should say award-winning writer and director. Yeah, I know. Yes, like, we could... I, I, Yeah, I'm gonna start, like, clouding myself, and I'm gonna That's be right. like, yeah. As award, you should. Award-winning award screenwriter. <laughs> We should rep yourself. That's right. Is that like we should do rep yourself day instead of treat yourself day? <laughs> yes. Be like, hi, I'm Danny Hanks, Webby Award winning and Banff nominated <laughs> director and screenwriter. Oh my God. And I'm Andrew Brandt, Pencraft and Reader's Favorite Award winning novelist. I am Brian and I can't do it. I hate, I hate. <laughs> Hashtag humble brag. I hate like. I hate showing off all my awards. I just hate it. No, I can't I just, do it. I hate having this Webby in the background. Oh, my God. Just looking over my shoulder, like, inspiring me every day to work harder. It's awful. <laughs> all right. Well, how's everybody doing? It's uh, It's almost Christmas. Yeah. My spouse just told me before I hopped on here that it's next Saturday. Oh, my God. I which can't. will be the Saturday of... Like when this comes it's out, not so it's next Saturday. It's well, when this post, when this episode hits, it'll be this oh, Saturday. Yeah. No, 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 no. This episode's gonna air the sa- the Tuesday after Christmas. Tuesday after. Yeah, we're taking next week off ah. and then airing this one in two weeks. Cool. So wait, okay, but so Christmas is already passed. Regardless, Christmas is not this Saturday. Next well, Saturday. Anyway. It's, it's in next it, Saturday. Yeah. It's like in. Okay, a week okay, in so 14, okay, less than two 10 weeks. days, something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, now I follow you. Okay. Not 25 minus 13. 12 days. <laughs> math, why do you got to make me do I'm I'm math, married to a Ryan. math teacher. I should get this right. Carry the one. I don't even know if you would. No, you wouldn't actually in this. Oh, man. <laughs> Neither of you have any math pitches, do you? No, I was going to say, speaking of the one... What? Let's jump into finding the one of oh my today. God. That was, I think that was the worst segue you've done yet. It was something. I'm shocked that you haven't just in mid conversation about something completely random 
been like, well, speaking of and, let's get into some pitches, shall we? And just like start going. I mean, going. don't put it past me. Here we go. That's Challenge horrifying. of the new year. Even worse segues. Segway I listen to a podcast called Behind the Bastards, and every intro is just a terrible intro. He just starts it by like shouting something, something really random. And then he's like, and that's the intro to our podcast. I don't listen to Armchair Expert. Like my partner listens to literally every episode of Armchair Expert. But I will say, I do love how Dax Shepard, I can't even like get that low of a register on my voice, but he's like, welcome, welcome, welcome. I don't know. It's so low and it's so soothing every time I hear it. It just like, I actually get voice jealousy of that. I don't know. Voice jealousy as opposed to other types of jealousy. Well, I mean, like, I'm not jealous of Dak Shepard, but I'm jealous of his voice register sometimes. Yeah. You don't get voice jealousy, Danny? I mean, I, I, I just don't consider it a separate form of jealousy. Like you ever wish you sounded like Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> and not not young Matthew McConaughey. I'm talking about old contemplative Matthew who drives a Lincoln, you know. <laughs> wow. I don't I'm, I don't discriminate when it comes to jealousy. Okay, like Morgan Freeman, you've never been like, I wish I had Morgan Freeman's voice. No. That would sound weird coming out of Danny's face. It would it would re- be really weird. You know whose voice I would really I I've like I I would want their voice is uh Dan from Bastille, the lead singer of Bastille. He has oh, such yeah. a unique voice and like yeah. I'm literally in love it's with very him. Interesting. Like, yeah, I love his voice. It's so good. I just want like a cool accent, you know, something. Yeah. I mean, if you go somewhere random, I then have the cool accent. Then you have the cool accent. Yeah. So we're we're starting another D and D campaign, and I'm like actively trying to convince Nerd. them <laughs> to like actually role play it because like, I'm so into that. Like I just, I don't know. I love D and D. Yeah. All right. Danny. All right. Speaking, speaking of D and D. Speaking of D and D. Which was a pitch last week or the week before, week before. Was it? That Andrew had. Mm-hmm. Let's get into some pitches. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I'm pitching a story that I've already got a title for you called Pack of Smokes, one of my originals. <laughs> and uh, I want to take it to a, a, a comedic turn this time. So instead of like uh, getting strapped down and, and veterinarized, uh, this dude kind of winds himself kind of bumbling around the Southwest, finds himself as part of a minor league baseball team. And we also follow his wife who sees him on television playing major league baseball going, oh my God, that's the son of a bitch that said he's gone out for a pack of smokes and left me. (laughs) Oh my God. Mm -hmm. For some reason, this gives me big money ball vibes. I I want it to be like um, a very humorous, very dumb Forrest Gump where this guy says he's leaving his wife. Where he's going to go out for a pack of smokes, and then he he ends up like playing baseball with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, and like he's a part of that. Okay. Uh, all right, so it's my turn. I'm actually going to steal from somebody who's not even here. 
uh, one Sydney Clara Broffman, and I am going to take her pitch that she pitched as a video game, but basically it's a high school senior that, uh, or high school student that recently turned into a vampire and he goes to this party and he's trying to like hide from people that he's a vampire while like pursuing this girl. So her pitch was that like vampires weren't out in the open or whatever the case may be. Like they're not like kind of like now. Right. But like now if vampires existed, like nobody knows if vampires are real. My thing is going to be that vampires and other like mythical creatures do exist. And this person is a vampire or gets turned into a vampire. And it's kind of like, <sighs> It's it, imagine like mean girls or like those socio high school, uh, like hierarchy classism, um, movies, but with like these creatures, right? So, like the popular click or maybe the werewolves, almost <laughs> sort of like what we do in the shadows, too, a little bit. Um, so, Twilight, do they touch on that in Twilight? But like, the, but like, like vampires, the vampires are, like are the cool thing. kids and the werewolves are like the outcasts. Well, yes, but no, no, in the sense that it's not like implied. Yes. In the sense that it's literally in your face, right? Gotcha. Like maybe the vampires are the cool kids um, because they don't have to go to school during the day and stuff like that. And they go to night school where they just <laughs> mess night around school. all day. And the werewolves are kind of like the grungy, like emo kids and whatnot. So it's like, I don't know. It's dealing with that classism and stuff in high school, but with mythical creatures. So, okay. Well, I'm going to go in like basically a completely different direction than both oh, of you. No. So in an episode two weeks ago, or I guess with our week off three weeks ago, uh, Gracie pitched a family getting high together <laughs> and like just doing a bunch of drugs together. So I'm going to take that and the glow up is going to be that it's a father who has cancer and his daughter is a nurse and he's decided that his bucket list is to basically try as many drugs as he can. Why would I hate like, you? Because I took it to like dad dying. <laughs> so, okay. So basically. Because I've never say, done anything with parents dying. <laughs> <laughs> True facts. Um, but no, you could say that like maybe he's a recovered alcoholic or whatever. And so he hit the straight and narrow, but now the liver cancer has caught up with him. He wants to try drugs all the drugs before he dies. And so it's less about the trips and more about his trip with his daughter. Um, okay. She's a nurse. She helps him kind of do this safely, but it's still really emotional because it's like he's dying and that's why he's doing this. And, may, and, they're, and then of course, you know, at one point he's going to be like, well, you're not just going to let me trip all alone. Are you like, you have to join me. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my repitching Gracie's idea. That's my glow up of something that was originally comedic into something that's a little bit more weighty. Okay. All right. Um, I, say same order? I think same order. Uh, I'm going to choose Danny's just because I have one scene in particular that I want to play with. Cool. Yep. All right. Uh, some notes. I like doing my notes on the pitches. Um, Andrew, yours 
honestly reminded me of the movie Major League, but if you took like one character and just chose to focus on them, but within the story of Major League, like why the hell is this Major League baseball team like hiring the scrub off of the street to like <laughs> come play baseball for them? And uh, but we're following his particular story. So I actually really enjoyed that. I thought that was fun. Um Danny, I'm nervous that you took the comedic pitch and it's still going to be a comedic pitch because I I can't find this being weighty enough uh in from what you Well, it's like it's like the way home. It it's like the way home. It's like the dad-daughter road trip that we did. Um Yeah. It has that feel it, to it. It does. But- uh, which is why if I were not me, I would vote for myself, but I am going to vote for Danny. So Danny, Danny does win. I did. I liked all of our pitches this week. I'm really yeah. proud of us. There's a self pad. I'll give those all pitches. Right. Speaking of a self pat, I'll just vote for myself and we can jump right into no, it. No, that's <laughs> weak. Why is it weak? It's weak unless you would have voted for yourself. Here's the thing. If you had voted for Andrews, just to spite you, I might have voted for yours just so that we'd have to random. But I was actually really into my own idea. Okay. Like, I feel like I like. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. I mean, speaking of being into your own idea, I will point out that Andrew is the only one that picked his own idea to bring back. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Very much into his own idea. That's fair. (laughs) All right. uh, So we are choosing Danny's. Let's jump right into it. I'm I'm guessing movie. Yeah. My one scene idea is I want, because she's a nurse, and so she understands, like, medical drugs like like here's morphine here's i don't know all this stuff obviously i'm not a medical professional (laughs) however i do want her to get like the dosages of like the regular drugs like like oh i've got one doobie but like eight lines of cocaine here like i don't know how these work oh i see what you're saying she can't (laughs) she confuses the the actual drugs because she doesn't know like yeah she gets like a pound of shrooms yeah okay I like that. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. The things that I thought about is like maybe potentially she finds him originally and thinks he's trying to kill himself, but he's like, no, I'm just trying to get high. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's injecting himself with something and she's like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. He's like, no, I'm just trying to get high. Um, And I guess the big overarching picture part of it that makes it different from the father daughter road trip or whatever is I think we kind of need to find the heart mm-hmm. of it. And, you know, what comes to mind is like, what is their history? What is this sordid past? Um, so obviously he's like, he's her last living parent. Her mom is gone. Yeah. I mean, I sort of wonder if if it's that or is it like the, the whole family is still alive um, and they're all going through this together and she finds him like, basically doing drugs and he's like you're the only person that i know that can get me through this safely like i'm gonna die anyway let me live a little gotcha Uh, i don't know i kind of imagine it like andrew said i imagine it's them two 
Um, side note, because I like am on a succession kick, I can't not get Brian Cox and Shiv, the the actress who plays Shiv, yes. like out of my head. Like I don't know why those two are just calm. I was for thinking me. Brian Cox for the yeah, yeah, for sure. The, for dad. the adult dad role. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I I almost imagine that their relationship, like she relies on him because he is the last vestige of her childhood or you know last piece to that family puzzle like i imagine only child i imagine like not really close with cousins even at all um and and her mom is gone and so it's just her dad and she's having trouble letting go of this person that while not a vital or uh influential part of her life maybe is the last piece of that you know yeah. Okay. See, so I'm going to I'm going to pitch something. I kind of see this as she's definitely the black sheep of the family. So if if there are a lot of kids, she's the black sheep or she's maybe an only child, but either way, she's removed from the family and so the reason why she's so involved in now that he has cancer is because she's a nurse. Like that's the reason why everyone you know, whether it's her dad, whether it's her mom or whatever, she's expected to be part of his treatment and to be kind of like there for him because she's a nurse. But there's probably a lot of like resentment and stuff that she hasn't dealt with. And, you know, maybe growing up with her dad, if he was an alcoholic and having these bad experiences that they never talked about because their family's the type of people to not talk about things. And she's sit- sitting here like, okay, I'm going to go back because he's my dad and because I'm a nurse and like, that's what I have to do. Yeah. Um, I would almost even maybe think about the fact that like, maybe she doesn't even go back anywhere. Maybe they're in like the same town, same area and they just don't communicate. Like they just don't have that, you know, relationship like some families yeah. do. And yeah. Let's say she's just, you know, one of the staff nurses for a for a hospice care and yeah. and the application comes across for hospice care and she says, This is my dad. I've I I gotta take this one. Mm. Yeah, it could be that. It could also even be, I mean, so like story time. Some of my family have had situations where because they have experience in the medical field, it's like they're seen as the go to. Mm. And so that I feel like it it grows a lot of resentment, which I think is really interesting, especially if there's unresolved tension already there from their history. Yeah. Here's my concept. Uh, y- you hear about this a lot, dealing with mortality is, you know, I wish I'd been around more. And um, yeah, so my story time, my dad was a funeral director for years and I was around grieving families. I mean, my entire life. And you hear that a lot is, I wish I had been around more. I wish we'd had more time. And so, you know, there's an opportunity here for both parties to realize that and say, we're going to spend these last six months, you know, whatever it is together. And and yeah, the dad's like, I'm going to try every single drug there is. Yeah. (laughs) Concept. So, it could be that so there's there's also this thing about um I was just listening to 
an episode of Where Should We Begin with Esther Perel about this. Um, she's a relationship therapist. There's this thing about children of alcoholic parents where typically they'll kind of swerve hard into one direction or the other around substances, right? So you'll have children of alcoholic parents who are never going to ever take a drink in their lives because they've seen what it does to people. But that in itself is another form of restriction that can be really boxing somebody in, right? So she could kind of be maybe not to that extreme, but she's the buttoned up person who's always in control and like never understood why her deadbeat dad was like this asshole and she basically hates him. And then she gets to know him and she at the end of the day, it's like that's never going to fix what you did. Like, that's never going to fix how you weren't there for me as a kid. But, like, I see some of the benefits to, like, loosening up. Like, I see some of the benefits to going out and having a rager in your 20s like you did and the stories that you told and all of this stuff. I I, I don't see it like that. I see it more of he was an alcoholic during her youth. He okay. maybe shaped up whenever her mom died. And so now it's like 20 years after he last had a drink or any type of drug or anything in him. And he also is kind of estranged from his daughter. And so like the person that she knows is associated with alcohol and being addicted and having these things. And so whenever he comes to her and he's like, look, I've changed, but like, I need to do this now. She's like, no, that you haven't changed. But the reality is there's this giant gap. So like basically these people aren't the people they were whenever they last kind of really spent this amount of time together, but yet they're reverting back to kind of the people that they were then. Yeah, no, I think that, I think all of that still lines up with what I was saying. Like she can be an only child. He can have been sober for 20 years. They can even have like, a fine surface level relationship. Yeah. Like I think that it can be fine. Um, it's just that they never talked about when she was a kid yeah. and he was an alcoholic, right? Like they, they never actually dealt with that core issue. And now in this where he's basically being vulnerable with her and being like, Hey, like my liver is shot anyway. Like I'm, or <laughs> yeah. whatever, I'm going to die. Like I want to have these experiences and you're the only person that I can trust. Like I'm going to do it regardless, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's where, yeah, exactly. And that's where I think a lot of the interesting things can, the interesting dynamics can come into play that like, you're, you're right. He's like, I have changed, but everything that we're seeing is exactly what she's seeing, right? Like, she's seeing the person that she saw 20 years ago. And that's right. where it's really becoming difficult for her. Well, I wonder if she is, though, because alcoholism and drug use, like recreational drug use, are sort of two different animals. Well, yeah, like, he doesn't fair. have to become an alcoholic again. And I mean, what he could say, this could be kind of uh, symbolic, but he could be like, oh, you know, I was a wild kid, like... You know, I hit the bottle hard, but I always knew that I, I shouldn't do any hard drugs, but like I'd try them once before I die. And now that's here and I still have my facilities about it, about me might as well try. And then like the very last thing that they do together is like they have a drink together. Mm -mm. And he's like, it's been 20 years. And like now that we've hit everything, like I'm going to have a drink again. 
That would be very impactful if she said, like, busted out, like, a bottle of whiskey or something or a scotch or something. And was yeah, like, and she's the one who's like... Yeah, we need to have a drink or something like that. Yeah, I like that. And I think a lot of the fun stuff, it's less about the trips that he's having and more about the stories and the way that they connect Mm. when she kind of realizes like there's an aspect of forgiveness in it that like just because this was a part of his life and caused her a lot of pain doesn't mean that he's a bad person Mm. like there were aspects of that that like he learned a lot from, but also probably had a lot of good experiences from. Like he probably has, you can imagine a scene in which, you know, he has some crazy story about how he went out one time and it was a total bender and he like went on stage at a rock concert and jumped off, you know. Well, I don't want to glorify alcoholism. No, you don't want to glorify alcoholism, right? But it's it's about looking at the extremes. I think that's what it is. It's about looking at the extremes and sitting with the discomfort in the middle of these two people who are on different extremes, both and, and like, that's not glorifying it. Cause he has fucking cancer because mm. of it. Like he's literally dying because of his choices. But you know, if she goes home and she realizes that she's not living life to the fullest because she's just sitting on a couch, eating Froyo and watching the bachelor, we have this dichotomy of like, you don't want to push too far in either direction balance responsibility is important I, like i think you also want to be careful and make a point because like the thing with that is it is a disease right like the addictive personality right. the the disease aspect of it and so maybe she has a tick maybe she does something that is like i don't know like maybe sets him off one time and this can kind of be like their blow up or whatever if you want like their their tension What's what's a hard drug? Black tar heroin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe she just does. No, 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 no. Maybe, maybe oh there, there's got to be a drug, right? Like shrooms and weed are definitely in there. Maybe it's Coke. Maybe he's like, well, the last one on my list is Coke. And she's like, no, that's like too hard. And she's like, I don't. I don't want you getting addicted. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm literally, like you mentioned, I'm literally dying. I'm a dead man. Just let me have this. What's it matter if I get addicted to it now? And she goes, you don't understand. I had to put up with this. Uh, And that's like their their blow up, right? And then he can kind of throw it back and be like, I drank. You do X. I've seen you. You have to do X. Like, you're the same as me. Mine was just worse. Like, why can't you understand that? It's not like I liked it. It's not like I enjoyed it. But it's something that I, I, it happened and I did it. And it made me feel good. And it made me feel like a shitty person all at once. And I can't, I can't change that. But I can try and make you realize that you can enjoy your life. Yeah. So I like that as a, concept i feel like maybe if she's like addicted to caffeine that makes a lot of sense i feel like i know a lot of people who work in the healthcare industry who are addicted to caffeine um we can say that like the last thing could be like prescription painkillers um she could even have a lot of very strong opinions about him using something because it's medically he's like you can get this for me and she it could be ketamine oh yeah 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 that would be a good one it could be ketamine um I think in there too is, is an opportunity to throw in some humor as well. 
you know, like I said, oh, yeah. oh yeah, for sure. You know, especially uh, if he's tripping balls on mushrooms and he's telling stories about her childhood and what he remembers. But like, yeah, I think that's a really good way to show because I think what I sort of see our, as our midpoint of the movie is that he probably guilt trips her into trying something pretty mild with him. So before then, it can you can definitely have the thing where he's like high on mushrooms talking about all of this stuff that he remembers of their childhood. And she's sitting there like, that's not how it was at all. <laughs> like, are you insane? But yeah, I don't think that and, and I don't necessarily think that it has to be in degrees of severity. Like they start at the most mild and they continue. I think it's just like a smorgasbord of like what she's able and willing to get <laughs> right. at the time. Um, okay, so it sounds like our sort of structure is... Uh, drugs. Lots of drugs. Dr- yeah, drugs are just our structure. No, so she probably finds him doing something that looks dangerous. And in my mind, she thinks he's trying to kill himself. Yeah. Like injecting morphine or whatever of his own volition. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, like he's just trying, like, I don't know. And she's like, are you... Are you insane? Is that the right dosage? Where did you find this? Yeah, exactly. And he's like, you know, ever since I I was a kid, I knew I had an addictive personality. I know that you saw me when I was addicted to alcohol, but like, I didn't try all of these other drugs. And I always said, when I'm 85, right before I'm about to kill over, I'll just try some of these things that are on my list. He's like, but now I'm... 57 and my time is coming and like will you help me Mm -hmm. um and she kind of reluctantly agrees and then we kind of have this fun and games of her trying to acquire these drugs some of them are like are probably pretty easy for her to acquire as a nurse but some of them she's like going to a sketchy dealer in the middle of nowhere i'm sure that there's definitely this a scene with like a weed dealer who she thinks it's going to be like really buttoned up and like hush hush. And then he just shows up with like a briefcase and opens it up in the middle of like a park. And he's like, Oh yeah, here's all my stuff. And she's like, Oh my God. Like (laughs) what? And he's like, what? It's basically legal now. Like chill. Yeah. You want the, you want the Indica? You want the Sativa? Which one you got? You know? Yeah. We also got the hybrid for you. I mean, come on. We got got hydro. She's like, what is a, what is a purple cookie? The pina colada what she's like all of the flavors i mean clearly i'm i'm not naming real strains because i don't i don't I, i'm a baby um but anyway so midpoint is probably they're gonna do something it'd probably have to be something fun like mushrooms or something where He's like, oh, you're really going to let me trip by myself. They trip together. Maybe it's a great experience. Maybe it's not. Maybe she doesn't do anything else. Um, But at one point, we do have the scene of he's talking about their childhood. Maybe she's sobering up and she's like, that's not how it was at all. And then they have this big blowout moment over the way that things were and the way that things are. And then in the end, uh, when he is really struggling and he at some point, he probably asks her like, hey, can I have more of that? And she's like, absolutely not. Um, Mm -hmm. At the end, when he's kind of in his final days, she shows up with like a really nice bottle of whiskey. And she's like, you know what? I've never done. I've never had a drink with my dad. Mm. I like that a lot. Yeah. And I think I agree with Andrew. We hit on a lot of the uh, more sour notes or whatever, you know, down 
But uh, I do think it is going to be a funny, like... Yeah, it's definitely a dark comedy where it's, like, talking about these very serious issues in a light and comedic way. And, like, I... This is in no way to... um, I mean, I will make a public announcement of the podcast. We are not experts on alcoholism. We're not trying to speak to... We're not trying to glorify it with this character. But I think really actively showing what it's like to be a child of an alcoholic and how that can kind of push people to extremes. It can harbor a lot of resentment. The program isn't perfect. Like the 12 step program isn't perfect and it's not for everybody. And and kind of highlighting these very real things around it would be really interesting. No, I am. I'm with you. All right. All right, everyone. Well, Danny's going to go and uh, write the log line. And when she comes back, we'll go around the writer's room and decide if we want to save the cat or scratch it. All right, Danny, we will see you in a bit. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder, as always, that these podcasts are for entertainment purposes only. These ideas are fresh, new, and sometimes submitted by you. Anything said is not meant to infringe on the copyright of any existing work of art, and everything is thought of during this show without any previous influence. If it sounds like something you've already seen or heard, what can I say? That's Hollywood, all out of fresh ideas. Thanks, and enjoy. And we are back. Danny has a log line for us, and we are going to go around the room in the same order we have been and decide if we're going to save the cat or scratch it. Danny, take it away. Wasted time. When a recovering alcoholic gets a terminal liver cancer diagnosis, he convinces his estranged daughter to help him safely check a smorgasbord of drugs off his bucket list. Very nice. Very nice. All right, Andrew, you're up first. Do you save the time that we've wasted or scratch it? <laughs> um, I, I hate to do this. I, I'm, I'm going to scratch it just because it's fucking depressing. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like the idea. And I think there's some really funny parts. And I think that with the right writer's room it doesn't include me uh it could turn out really well but uh no i, I scratched this one you chose danny's <laughs> you went this route i let the so record angry. show oh man i cannot believe Every time Andrew, Danny, and I get together, we just come up with pitches that make me want to run the other way. Um, look, I, I, I love this. I do, but like I, for most of the same reasons, I do think I scratch it. Um, it's a little still floofy to me. Like I don't know the word to describe it, but like it's, I still don't. I, I don't know that it's there. Um, it needs some time in the incubator. We we got to figure out their relationship and we tried to spend a little bit more time on the relationship, but I still don't think we nailed it. And I think that that's like literally like you could just 
ad lib a movie around that relationship and that dynamic of a dad, you know, recovering alcoholic dying and the daughter like trying to reconcile with the daughter. So because we didn't fully land on that, I can't fully save it. I'm not doing partials. I think I lean slightly. It's like a 51, 49% scratch. But yeah. Well, that's still a scratch. It is. It's still a scratch. It's a, it's a little baby scratch. Yeah. I'm just, I just know that I'm not the kind of writer who could do that kind of story justice. Wow. Um, I guess I'm going to be the only one that saves it. I agree that it needs some, some more fleshing out. I think the words that come to mind when I think of this pitch are difficult and controversial. And controversial because there's a lot of conflicting beliefs going on in this pitch. You have a recovering addict who is diving into drugs again. And that in itself is going to create a lot of controversy. There's going to be a lot of opinions about that. And it's very difficult and sensitive subject matter to talk about. But because of that, that's why I'm drawn to it. I think that you could do it in a very careful way. And it wouldn't be free of controversy and and having criticism and and what have you but i do think that this idea of like wanting to try drugs before you die is not uncommon right like it's not an uncommon thing that i've heard yeah. um so just somebody actually going about it having had this checkered past with someone who was harmed because of that checkered past i think is really interesting well and like let's not lose focus of the daughter either because it's also controversial in the fact right. that you have this one could argue Kevorkian style daughter who's like securing hard drugs for <laughs> a dying person yeah um so it's like you know right. the ethics of that in general so as a healthcare um, worker that uh, yeah exactly exactly as a healthcare worker for me like it's not something you know, Andrew, you said that you couldn't see yourself in the writer's room on this. Right. I could like, this is something I could write, but it's not something I could like leave this podcast, shut down this and start writing this out. This is something yeah. like if I were a full-time writer getting paid to go research and yeah. getting paid to put in those extra steps, I could write this and this is right up my alley, but I'm not. And so if I were to, it would just be not doing any of it justice. And it would be very, um, not, uh, educated in, in the, in the ways that it needed to be. Yeah. For yeah. I think that's how I feel. I, I would also need to educate myself. Although one thing that I want to push back on Brian, where it's like, there's this moral question of this person that's doing this unethical thing, like a healthcare worker securing drugs for her dad, what really draws me to that, though, is the dad saying something basically along the lines of like, I'm going to do this with or without right. you. Don't get um, me wrong. It's a great dynamic. I love it. I would love to write that. Right. It's just like, let's not forget this daughter. What's interesting about her character is like, while she's doing this unethical thing, it's out of an obligation to help it's like when people like i had a friend who is a pharmacist and somebody came in looking for needles and it was clear that this person was going to use them for drugs and the head of the pharmacy told this just told a flat-out lie saying sorry we don't have any needles 
when my friend was standing there like this person is going to use needles either way. Mm. And they're standing here in this conflicting position where it's like, I don't want to enable this, but I also know that this person is going to do those drugs regardless. And do I supply them with the, with the ability to do it in a safer way that might actually extend their ability to get help yeah, or to just live um, so yeah, that's, that's why I think it's so interesting because it's, it's while she's doing this immoral thing, it's for moral means. Yeah. It is do no harm to the extent that she can engage in with her father. Totally agree. But yeah, that's why I save it. I think it's very interesting. No, no, no. And, and I'm, I'm kind of like on the same Brian boat is like, I'm very much a more of like a 70, 30 scratch save. Like it's not, a, it's mm. not a total scratch, even though that it makes it a scratch. It's just. Like I said, there there are some parts that would be really heartwarming, heartfelt, and humorous. I'm just not the kind of writer who could tackle the heavier parts and do it justice. Yeah. No, I, I totally That's agree. Fair. Yeah. Uh, anyway, enough on that. Let's get to a more, hopefully, maybe, I don't know what y'all have been watching, so I don't know if it's going to be more uplifting than this. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, we'll go same order. Andrew, what you been watching? Have you been watching? You've been pretty uh, weak on it. I've been weak on the watching stuff. Uh, my daughter uh, has been really, she's not been feeling well the last like week or so. So we've been kind of at home a lot, watching a lot of PBS kids. So, <laughs> so go from CBS Sunday morning yep. to PBS kids. PBS kids, super Y. The Little Mermaid. She she started to talk a little bit, and, and she'll hand me the the television remote and go mermaids, mermaids. Wait, like the movie or is there a oh. show now called uh, the, the Little movie. Mermaid? And so we, oh, okay, I've okay, watched okay. The Little Mermaid probably ten times in the last five days. Gotcha. Um, well, it's on in the background, and I'm I'm reading Harry Potter. I'm I'm in book six. <laughs> I'm in Half Blood Prince. Uh, my goal nice. is to get through book seven by Christmas. Oh my god. Yep. Um. Yeah. What did I watch? <laughs> I had wow, it. Brian dishing it out. I had it. No, 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 no. I I've watched things. I've had a few, but there was one I wanted to mention, and uh, that one is I watched or I've been watching Hawkeye, uh, new Marvel is it good? show. It's okay. Here's the deal. I've said this about every Disney Plus Marvel show not named WandaVision, and that quote is, "It should have been a movie." Mm-hmm. Hawkeye, I will continue that. It should have been a movie. However, it would be like an S-tier Marvel movie if it would have been one. Like, it is so good. I love the show. I love Haley Steinfeld in general, and I love Jeremy Renner, and like their dynamic together is amazing. Okay. It's been really, really enjoyable. How long um, are the episodes? Like 40 minutes. Okay. Yeah, they're. it's not bad. Um. I might be able to sneak one or two of those in. It's also maybe because it's set in like Christmas time and it's got a lot of humor because Hawkeye is kind of like a, an asshole and, and, you know, Kate Bishop's kind of like a puppy dog, like just trying to like take in everything and just bouncing everywhere. And so their dynamic is really fun, but yeah, I don't know. It's just a fun, lighthearted show. And that's what I feel like. That's what I've been missing from these Marvel shows is like, this lighthearted, fun kind of romp, if you will. Gotcha. So, yeah. Nice. Well, I have been watching something completely out of left field. 
I've been doing a lot of apartment reorganizing recently. And what I like to watch when I reorganize and clean my apartment is hoarders <laughs> because I find it very inspiring. Um, <laughs> okay. it, is, uh, it is the biggest motivational push. So if you're ever feel, if you're ever just like lying there and you're like, oh, I don't want to do my dishes, turn on hoarders. Because then you will start being like, I do not ever want yeah. my sink to look like that. And you will get out of bed and you will go do those dishes. Um, so that's that's my that's pro tip ask. of the evening. Getting out of bed <laughs> to go do the Turn dishes? On some Dang. It's like when I have like crap all over my floor because I have pet rats and I keep like cardboard boxes and stuff for them to run around in. And sometimes it starts to pile up. And then I just turn on hoarders and I start looking around me like, oh, oh my Lord. God. Oh my God, is this me, the horde? <laughs> Danny, I just found a Diet Coke stain from last week. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Do our outro, Brian. Let's get the hell out of here. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, that wraps us up for this new year's episode of can we save the cat we appreciate you guys so much uh here's to 2022 feels freaking weird to say that still feels like it should be like 2019 2020 you can't convince me 2021 was a year i'm just you can't the biggest thing that, that scares me is it sounds like 2022 yeah part two. Oh, 2020 shit. part <laughs> two <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. Um, Danny, what's your New Year's resolution that you care to share? <laughs> um, my New Year's resolution is you know, I can only think of the one stupid one that I came up with, which is not a serious resolution. What is it? Um, <laughs> learn how to twerk. I'm not oh going to learn God. how to twerk, but I was like, that would be a fun resolution. That would be a pretty good um, one. And it would be a good workout right? as like you learn. Like, exactly. That's why I was like, look up some YouTube videos, learn how to twerk. I'm in on it. Um, I think that should be your so yeah, New you Year's resolution. That's my New Year's resolution. Hell yeah. Learn how to twerk. Uh, mine is uh, adhere to a, like a stricter schedule. I feel like I do this bad, like really bad thing of like, I make to-do lists for the days, but then like, I'll just be like, yeah, I can miss that one, you know, and then I can move that one to the next day and it'll be fine. But no, I want to, I want to get on a schedule like streaming and writing and editing and all that good stuff. Like, I just want to make sure that, okay, between these hours, I'm doing this, these hours I'm doing this and actually like follow through on it, help keep myself scheduled and organized so yeah andrew what about you i'm gonna learn how to twerk <laughs> yes yes no i've all of us together i've been planning um i've been wanting to do like writing courses like how to not, not only like how to write but how to self-publish and how to mm. get your work out there and how to make money from your from your novels and that kind of thing and so i've been planning for the last couple of months a, a, a youtube channel and so in 2022 that's what i'm gonna be focusing on is is uh that's awesome that youtube channel up and it's gonna be called uh, i guess i can say it here. It's, it's gonna be called the indie author method and uh just go from like how to write stories and how to format for ebook and how to format for paperback if you're doing it all yourself and how to yeah. hire editors and all that stuff that's 
really cool. Yep. Yeah. I'll I'll help keep you on schedule, Andrew. Thanks. <laughs> That'll be part of my scheduling is keeping Andrew on schedule. Yep. Here, I can help too. <laughs> I'm just looking at <laughs> with, like... with twerking. <laughs> oh my god. Let's wrap it up. Oh my god. Danny's the worst. Um yeah, well, so let's see. We had two scratches and a save, kind of a reverse of our normal. Uh, I also want to point out that Andrew has the highest scratch percentage on non-guest episodes. Andrew, you've done six. You're now scratching at a 33% clip. So I'm picky. Wow. I'm picky. You're picky. I dig it. I dig it. Somebody needs to fill that Justin void who is second with a 24%. Yeah, okay, Justin. Which is, I will say, Justin with 24% is impressive, uh, considering he's done over 50 episodes. Like, dang, that's a lot of scratches, Justin. You hate us. But I love you guys and are what are you watching? Hawkeye, Hoarders, and PBS Kids. Uh, so, yeah, thank you guys so much. We hope you have a great 2022. Um, hope you had a great 2021. And we look forward to more episodes this year. Thank you all. Thank you. You can find me at official Danny Hanks on Insta or at Danny underscore Hanks on Twitter. Yeah, I forgot about that part. You can find me at Bredacted on Instagram and Bredacted Says on Twitter. And you can find me on all the major socials at Writer Brandt. And as always, don't forget you can find the podcast at Can We Save Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Thank you guys so much. Have a great new year. Bye. Bye.